Welcome, welcome to She Can Talk, the podcast. I am your host, Colleen, a.k.a. Gongli, a.k.a. Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram. Word. Let me tell you, I have to tell you, I have to just jump right into it. Um, I honestly wasn't even going to do an episode this week, so I apologize to you all because I know my last episode I said accountability, which is why I'm here. Um, I'm still doing a lot of DIY projects around the house, and I cannot lie to you. DIY is hard fucking work. Don't let no one ever lie to you, okay? Don't want, don't let no one ever lie to you. And if you definitely, let me tell you the thing about it though, I will say, and this is the God honest truth. You have your vision, right? Of what you're going to do with your place or whatever, you know, your focus is of your DIY project. And then when you get actually in the mode of doing things, things can change because, you know, sometimes you might say, okay, I bought this, but it's too small for the space. So I got this and it's actually, I need a little bit more for the space, you know, and then you have to kind of like, um, improvise. That's the word I'm looking for. You have to improvise along the way. Right. So, um, one thing I would say about, um, myself, I learned about myself during um, my DIY projects is I am able to focus immensely on getting the job done when it is something I'm interested in. That's terrible. And I know a lot of us are like that, you know, like you'll be like, Oh, I'm going to plant this rose garden on the side of the house, but you never do. And it's like next week, you're like, um, I'm going to drive to, um, Arizona for this music festival. I don't know. I got like a budget of $200, but I'm going to make it happen. And people will make that shit happen, you know? So it's the, it's just in us as humans to really go through full throttle on what we want and to even accept the hard work involved when it's what we want, you know? And then I started to think to myself, like, how can I apply this focused energy towards things that I want, but sometimes can be discouraging, you know? Um, so that's what I'm in the process of doing this week is trying to work on channeling that same focused energy in areas that I'm kind of weak with, you know, like my attention span with completing things, you know, whatever it could be. I'm not saying I don't complete it. Like I just start a whole bunch of shit and have a whole bunch of uncompleted projects around the house or, you know, music wise or whatever, but you know, really just like set out and do a task, give myself a time frame. It, this is the deadline and just stick to it. So that's um, something that I find very refreshing about myself is that I love to do something. I love to complete a task now, just be focused and get it through. And I think what it is, is is the reward of seeing your completed project or seeing the end results of your hard work, you know? So um, with that being said, I've been working hard, guys, been working hard. I did an interview last week, so look forward to that. Shout out to Base Parlor for um, having me on their, their app. So it's an app where musicians, producers, artists in general, you know, just whatever your craft is. But, um, you know, I, it looks like it's more of an urban market, but, you know, whatever your craft is, you could definitely create a profile on Base Parlor, um, on, download the app. It's available on iPhone as well as on Google Play. And um, yeah, you know, upload, create a profile and network. It's really, really a dope app. 
very interested i met a few interested people up there already and i've had the honor of being interviewed so i'm looking forward to that interview to drop it was a really fun interview that we did last weekend and um yeah when it drops i definitely will give you the deets on where to find that i've been working on music been recording like crazy got a couple of things that um i don't really want to talk about that as of yet you know so i'm gonna gonna zip the lip on that right now because i'm working but what i do want to say is i am so proud of my creatives out there in the world of creativity shout out to all of you i just see all of you guys doing music um acting some of my i see some of my friends on show some of my favorite shows i'm hearing some you know fellow artists music on shows you know and it gives me motivation inspiration because i too am working towards getting um on shows songs on shows i'm networking to be able to do more you know, with the community, in the community of music. So shout out to you all that's, you know, living your dream and getting it done because it's total inspiration for me, total motivation. And I'm proud of y'all. So collectively, I can't, it's like too many to name, itemize the names. But shout out to all of y'all. I see the albums dropping. I see the singles dropping. I see the videos. I see y'all streaming on Netflix. I see y'all streaming on Hulu. You know, so shout out to all of y'all doing y'all thing. I'm proud of y'all. And... I'm putting that energy out there because I'm I'm feeling it too. I'm feeling the creative bug. I'm feeling that, you know, that getting focused energy and getting things, you know, following things through to completion and fruition. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, wanting to share that with you all today. You know how I do? I always hop in here, like the first couple of minutes, I kind of tell you what I've been up to. So, it's no different here. I've still been decluttering, still been organizing. I'm actually just in a mode right now where I'm like, you know, I really can say... I'm not like the rest of the world where, you know, a lot of people have been business as usual, been really normal. And I honestly think that's why the podcast, She Can Talk, developed because I wasn't um, traveling or doing shows or going out and about for 2020 because I was respecting the guidelines of the COVID situation and staying my black behind home. You know, now I am not judging anyone and I'm not saying anyone is wrong for doing whatever you do. Cause do you like, you know, I miss my family. I've seen family, you know, I see one or two here or there, but you know, collectively I have a large family. We get together, we do things, you know, I had a couple of big things planned for 2021 that fell through. Hopefully we'll be able to reconvene sometime soon when the world is safe. Um, but as a result of that, yeah, that kind of like got me into doing more creative things at home. And like, you know, like the podcast, like revamping my studio, like learning more, mastering, more engineering, like, you know, getting into the quality and the basis of creativity, as well as becoming a better homemaker. Oh my God. I don't know who I am. I'm like Ganga Stewart, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm like the city country homemaker, you know that lady, she's like the country homemaker. I don't know what her name is. She Oh, the Barefoot Contessa. I'm calling her everything but the right name. But she's like in a, you know, farm like setting and she shows you like how she keeps home, what she cooks, her recipes, different things she creates around the house, how she organizes and decorate. I told you I'd be obsessed with organization and food. So yeah, YouTube, get me. Anyway, so um, I guess, I guess I'm like a kind of wrapped up a combination of that. Like, you know, I found, um, discovered a farmer's market, like not whole foods, not 
the food chain farmers market but actually really like markets attached to farms you know and they sell like Amish cheese and you know um fresh vegetables and fruits and freshly squeezed orange juice stuff like that right so I've been obsessed with places like that getting organic stuff like I read labels to beyond extent now it's so crazy just because I'm trying to live a healthier life and I think with me being at home and not and less active now the crazy thing is I don't think I've gained weight um and you're in a quarantine, like I still wear my same clothes or whatever. So I'm grateful for that. But I don't think really nothing has changed with me as far as like the way I eat or whatever. Well, no, 2020, I would say nothing has changed with the way I eat. Now I am moving towards getting back into a healthy regimen because I door dash the hell out of every restaurant you could think of during 2020. So yeah, even though I was in quarantine, I still ate food, still ordered food. So sue me, whatever. But, um, this year, I'm like, no, I want to cook healthier, get back into my regimen of eating healthier food, getting back into like an active lifestyle, healthier lifestyle, and really more so getting in touch with nature and getting more in touch with, um, you know, myself in nature, becoming a human in nature, if that makes any sense. Like, for example, we get so wrapped up in um, social media and we get so wrapped up in um, streams and likes and who's commenting on your picture and who's saying you know just who thinks you're cute or who thinks your outfits fly right and um I'm no different I'm I I was definitely a victim of circumstance as well a victim of my environment or product of my environment we should say and I did the same thing I um posted like my trips and vacations and where I'm at and the and I still post the food I eat I'm not even gonna not stop I have a whole page dedicated because I will be picked up by the food network I will be picked up by the food network call me whoever's listening we let's talk food but um anyway other than that you know so it got me to saying like you know I know that um a lot of that stuff isn't real you know and then living in living through 2020 into 2021 because it's still kind of crazy out there you know living through what we've lived through as people I just don't feel the need anymore to impress if that makes any sense and what I mean by the need to impress like I don't feel the need to um go out my way to tell you where I've been what I've been doing now don't get me wrong if it's something monumental and if it's something like definitely music related definitely food related that I promote yeah you're gonna see that definitely related to the artists that I'm working with yeah I'm gonna do that but I feel like um we need to reclaim some privacy again and that's a good segue into what made me start also thinking deeper about the effects of you know just worrying about what people think and trying to impress people right so in the last two weeks although I've been in the midst of my um I feel like I've been I don't know what you want to call it working triple double time I feel like a construction worker and everything else in the process and I go I feel like I do construction work at daytime and boot camps I used to go to this boot camp um called Camp Gladiator out here I know it's like a franchise where they're all over so if you're familiar with it shout out to CG what what but um yeah I used to go there before COVID hit I'm sorry I stay home now but and when you would come home from boot camp, your whole body would hurt like for days. Okay. And then you got to go out there tomorrow and make it hurt some more Then the next day and make it hurt some more. And then, and you know, you, before you do, before you know it, you look up, you look amazing. But 
it's hurt and pain in the process. So that's how I currently feel right now. I feel like I just went back into boot camp. Like I do construction work during the day and I'm in like an eight hour boot camp at night. That's how I feel because my body is sore. But in the process of that, like it's a good sore and I'm proud of the work that I'm doing and what I'm doing it for, you know, but, um, I did, I was able to look at me rambling. She could talk. You already know that, but we're going to bring it back. In the midst of me doing my projects and, you know, stuff around the house, I got the TV on, you know, I'm listening to different, you know, it's two, I'm not even going to lie, it was two documentaries or loosely biopics, I guess you want to say biopic movies that I wanted to see that came on consecutively, like last week, Sunday, and the Sunday before, and that is the Salt and Pepper documentary, as well as the Wendy Williams documentary. I know a lot of people is probably already talking about this or have already talked about it, but I just wanted to give you know, my take as a New Yorker growing up during those times, I will, I am not their age. They're definitely, um, older women than me. You know what I'm saying? They're my idols and icons. I love salt and pepper and Spinderella. Shout out to the DJ. Cause I feel like those women led the way in hip hop for women like myself to even think about doing hip hop. Right. But not only that, same thing with Wendy Williams. A lot of people don't like her because of her um, narrative that she likes to push negative talk and promote negative stuff for people, but she doesn't do that for herself, right? So um, she doesn't like expose her business or give her even keel of her business. So people don't respect that. So both of these um, groups of women or these women, I should say, because Wendy ate a group, but um, they did biopics on Lifetime. So I watched the first one, the Salt and Pepper biopic, and I learned some interesting things along the way, but I felt like it was a lot of omissions. And the biggest thing of all was the fact that they left Salt and Pepper, I mean, excuse me, they left Spinderella point of view out of the, out of the story, meaning all of the actresses and actors had the ability to speak with the person that they were portraying to get a better understanding of their personality, their demeanor you know, their insight into certain things or certain scenarios that happen so, so they can better embody the character, right? But there were certain people that were not cooperative with the biopic. Therefore, I don't really know. It's not my place to say like, oh, you know, they didn't want to do it. They didn't approve of it. I don't really know all the deets. I can tell you or paraphrase loosely what I've seen um, recently with, Spinner- with Spinnerella's response and as well as Sort and Pepper's response. But there's also... A third party. So, you know, Herbie Lovebug is the official creator of Salt and Pepper, the creator of Kid and Play. Like, and when I say creator, like, he may not have, excuse me, and I take that back. He did name them Salt and Pepper. And I want to say he did name them Kid and Play. Kwame, that's his real name. Like, Kwame and I are friends on Facebook, but he was also part of that crew as well. And I used to love all of them. I think they're legends in hip hop. They're dope. I looked up to them and they gave you that bright, positive, fun side of hip hop. You know, like I'm from the Bronx, right? So I grew up with hip hop, like, you know, just stepping out of my building on T-Bout Avenue back in the days. And you listening to the elements of music and stuff around you. You hear that merengue, that's, you know, Spanish music playing. And they'll be out there on the Congos really playing it like live in front of the next building. You'll hear cars driving by playing hip hop. You know, we're in the Bronx. So 
depending on what era we're in, you might hear like some KRS One. You know, you you definitely gonna hear Red Alert on the radio. Bring it up, Funk Master Flex. You know, present day. <clears throat> you know, Envy. You know, you would hear like the New York scene, right, on the radio. Um, part of that scene. Coming from the Bronx, we, you get exposed to a lot of the grit first. So when I got first, my first experience of hip-hop was in addition to Run DMC, which was an aggressive rap group to me as a child. Like not, They weren't aggressive like, I'm going to shoot you and kill you. But you know how they, their demeanor was and they had the tough leather blazers and, you know, they look like bad boys, you know, that's breaking onto the scene and, and taking over the rock, the rock charts and the rap charts, right? So to me, they were like bad boys back at that time. <clears throat> They came in all black, you know, you know, bad men were black, you know, they had a demeanor. Then you had KRS One, the philosophical teacher, you know, is telling you about, you know, bringing awareness to the urban decay, bringing awareness to the plight of the black community and, you know, the crack era, right? Rakim, same thing. Then we had the the good side. Well, not good side, but the lighthearted side, like um, Will Smith. Fresh Prince, you know, and he's talking about the parents don't understand. And as a kid, watching Fresh Prince videos, you know, like especially in particular, parents don't understand all that. I was like, he's a rich kid. He's a rich kid from Philly. Like to me, back then, those days, you know, I never left New York. You know, I'm growing up in the Bronx. All I know is my neighborhood. I thought, you know, Philly has to be a place where rich people live because this kid. You know, look at, you know, this is just amazing. You know, the production, the creativity, and he speaks so, you know, like proper. He doesn't really have like an urban slang to him. He's like a rich kid. I looked at Salt and Pepper and Kid and Play, Kwame, the same way. You could not tell me that they were not, um, the good kids from Queens. Queens is like a mixed bag. Depending on where you go, you can get some rough parts of Queens. You know, very scary. You'll get robbed. Do you get some parts of Queens where it's like, where am I? This is very nice upper class or upper middle class. You know, nice homes and almost feel like you're in the suburbs, but you're still in the city because it's Queens, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah. So, um. When I was growing up and I saw Salt and Pepper for the first time, these girls were bad. They were cool. They were sexy. They were taking on the boys, you know, game and doing it well. And they just seemed like good, clean girls from Queens. That's how I looked at them, right? But, um, yeah, you know, so watching the story, I didn't really expect nothing like try for they was going to be like, you know, on drugs or nothing like that. I didn't expect that because I didn't really get that vibe from them. I definitely got the vibe that Peppa was a party girl back in the days. But um, she's Jamaican, and I'm not going to say that us Jamaican people are party girls, but we like to get turned up. <laughs> now, <clears throat> now, I'm not saying, like, because we're Jamaican, we're just reckless people. We party all the time or whatever. But there's a lot of musicians that are Jamaican. Pick a genre, any genre. I can almost guarantee you there's a Jamaican in there somewhere. Playing, engineering, writing, singing, performing, recording. Is this you know for a small island, we we have a is in the water. I think the people that come from there is in their DNA to be talented, you know, and that's amazing. <clears throat> Pepper is no different because to me, watching that story, they try to make it seem like Pepper was you know the least talented one. Pepper was the one that um was just brought into the group to be a third body, not even really be like a third per like a rapper or be a um 
a star is like you're helping me be a star you know so i kind of was looking at the underlying things and this is just my opinion i love before i go there let me say my disclaimer i love salt and pepper i love spinderella i have no horse in his race at all this is just me as Kalina, she can talk given my opinion so anyway if you think about it if somebody brings you into their group to say hey look i'm just i just want you to rap don't worry about it i'm going to write the lyrics for you you just say them and rap it and we're going to be done and you're going to perform it on the stage okay if someone says that to you you might be like off, offhand at first, especially because if it, if rapping or music is not your thing, you might be like, this is a fun thing to do. Why not? I'll do it. But then once you start doing it and like you're in videos, you're doing shows, you're on tour, like you're, this is a job. This is your job. Why should I not get paid my worth and, and the work I'm putting in? So I feel like that was kind of foul of how they did pepper with that. But then I think that it was almost like a um, tribal thing where it was done to them. So they felt like that's how the music industry works. Like we're going to, you're younger than us. You don't know any better, Spinderella. So we're going to give you what we want to give you and done. Don't ask for nothing else. And then at the same time, they thought it was okay maybe because it happened to them to some degree and they survived it. I don't know. So that's my opinion on that. So I kind of felt like, put it this way, the energy I felt from the whole show, the documentary biopic, and then watching Salt and Pepper speak on The Breakfast Club, and then Spinderella speak on Fox Soul with Jason, I forgot his name, from Unlock, um, Hollywood Unlocked. So when Spinderella was talking with them, she said, hey, look, it's, you know, if I was just a DJ, then all I would have to do is just show up and spin the record and that's it, done. I shouldn't have to be at the promotional photo shoots, the radio interviews. I shouldn't be rapping on these songs. I shouldn't be doing as much work as I'd done if I was just a DJ to show up and spin, right? And I agree with her 100% there. Like, yeah, if you're there, if my face is just as recognizable as the next person in this group, I'm getting my money. I don't care who wrote what. As it should be. So I agree there. You know. So I feel like it was a lot of omission. Now I know everyone's like, oh, you can't put um, all this into just an hour, you know, movie or two hour movie. You have to like do a series or whatever, which I think they should have did. They should have did like Wu-Tang on Hulu and did a series and really give us the insight. You know, I think that would have been great. Speaking of which, where is season two from Wu-Tang? Come on, man. Let's get it. But, um, yeah, anyway, so, um, I felt like it was a lot of omissions there. Let's just put it like that. And then the fact that <clears throat> it's still soreness, you could tell, because Spinderella obviously did not participate in this movie or have any say in the movie. And Herbie, who was a main integral part of this whole situation, did not have any say in the movie or, you know, with his character in the movie. So I thought that was kind of, um telling on several levels for me like the first one is people that have become rich off of their situation and been successful still experience hurt still can become emotionally raw even if they were successful and viewed and revered as icons and legends they can still carry a, a raw emotion to them if it traumatized them in some way 
you know, and um, myself being through a musical group and carrying raw emotion up until shit 2020, you know, I can say I understand. I can understand that how how that happened, but um, omissions was definitely there. I think um, if they would have put a little bit more truth in it, like give us the raw, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I was like uh uh-uh, uh because. You know, Spinderella was cool with Herbie, so I ain't like that. And another thing I also noticed, and that's just me saying that. That wasn't said by any of them. That was just me saying that. So don't go back and say, I heard it on Colleen, on She Could Talk. And no, I that's just me saying that. But um, one thing that Spinderella did say in her interview was, you know, give Herbie, Herbie his props. He started that group. Herbie had a vision. Herbie came to her with his vision and asked her to be the DJ. You know, so I say, you know, there's a little, there's still a lot of underlying tension there. And maybe that's probably why another reason why they kind of separated, they went their way, Spinderella and her, I'm so and Pepper, because maybe how, you know, Salt may feel about her because that was her ex who cheated on her immensely throughout their relationship, had children on her, etc. So she has raw emotion behind that. Then you have Spinderella who's like, yo, I'm going to always respect her because he put me on. He put me in a group and, you know, this is his group. And then she came in off of the strength of Herbie. So I can see how that Eve, that alone, I can see how that would be tension, you know? So my opinion, it was definitely omissions. Give us that roar, or at least give us like a good ass documentary afterwards to say like, Hey, yo, and y'all speaking y'all real speaking of biopics with documentaries afterwards, Wendy Williams documentary. Let me take a sip of some, let me take a sip first. I had to take a sip on that one. Sorry, y'all. I had to take a sip. And I'm not going to go in on Wendy because that's not my place or my prerogative or even my goal at all. I respect her, too, because her she said it out of her mouth. Like, before I knew who her idol was, I used to always say, especially when I was in New York listening to Wendy on the radio, I used to be like, I love Wendy because she is like the female Howard Stern. She's fucking crazy. And she says whatever she wants, offends whoever she wants. And I'm not saying I live for that or I love that or whatever, because I would hate to be on the receiving end of that. You know, like it is even worse. Like I think like, you know, Wendy was a a troll before trolling was a thing, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so... I, you know, always said that she reminded me of like a female Howard Stern. And then later on in life, she came out and said, yeah, like Howard Stern is one of her idols. And she said she wanted to be like the black female version of him. And she accomplished that. And listen, you cannot take that from Wendy at all. You cannot. She's a very successful woman, a very rich black woman that despite the odds, you know, she's in her documentary, she talked about her weight, um, issues and going up and down with her weight and um her body insecurities and her you know mother father how they you know always were on her about her weight and stuff like that and then um you know how she was date raped and you know there's a whole bunch of stuff you know that I will say this that type of stuff you know I commend Wendy for um being honest and showing that because I'm pretty sure it's someone out there that can relate to many of those facets. Being on a you know, you think it's a friendly date for work, like oh yeah, we're going to check out some music. Next year you're raped, or um having parents that want you to live up to an image. Like you have a beautiful sister, you're like the ugly duckling, and, and the family's down on you. Like you could be more like your sister if you did this or if you didn't eat that. You know, 
I've seen people go through that, you know, and we all have our insecurities. My thing is, um, I always say, and I'm going to say like, and I don't, I don't mean to sound stereotypical or I'm not bashing in any way at all, but I, I, my theory is when people like, um, well, let me just say this. I feel like it was omissions there. Okay. Just like the salt and pepper movie, the Wendy Williams movie had massive, massive omissions. So if you get technical, the only thing that was kind of like verbatim was when she started going into the Kevin Hunter story and going into like how that debacle played out with her marriage towards the end, which as we know, that took place in the last couple of years here. But, um, before that, it's been a lot of, um, rumors about Wendy and her lifestyles and, you know, how she is behind closed doors and, you know, things that she's done or whatever. People wanted to fight her. She touched on total wanting to fight her, but, um, she didn't mention the Angie Martinez fight, which I'm surprised, you know? And then, um, ironically, she's mentioned that she slept with, excuse me, she slept with Met the Man in an interview. However, you didn't put that in the movie. So to me, I feel like that was irrelevant. Like, why would you come out now and say you slept with someone's husband? You know, everyone has like a past or whatever, but that, I thought that was kind of crazy. Like, what do you expect to accomplish? This comedian though, he hit it on the head. He was like, you didn't sleep with the power method, man. You slept with method man m-e-t-h-o-d man and like put the picture up in here like scruffy hair unshaven destroy hanging out his mouth which to me method man was still cute back then but you know that it was a different person and it's true because like you can meet people in different stages of their life and be shocked because you one stage like you meet them in the stage and you know them there then later on you see them again and you'd be like, Hey, and try to like talk to them the same or and you'd be like, Wow, they kinda totally brushed me off or totally like rebuffed me or you know, whatever the case is, but you just see the difference in them, right? I think that's how it is. Like Methy Man is like you see Methy Man, Shorty, I'm there for you anytime you need me. M E T H O D man. Then you see him now and he's like, you know, on power defending Tasha St. Patrick, right? So, which to me, don't get me wrong, I love it. Like I love the transformation. I love the transition. And shout out to Ice T for doing that. Like, you know, he did that and let I'm not saying like he let other rappers know, hey, you can do this, because Tupac did it. But um, yeah, it is life after rap, you know what I'm saying? Especially for successful rappers that we know and love. We love them. We love their face. We love their personality. Let's see more of them. And Method Man always been in movies and acting. But my, that's my whole thing. Like, you know that he, he doesn't like you because you said, you know, about his wife's cancer situation and exposed that when they were trying to be private about it. And you know that the family doesn't really care for you. And you know that his you tread, you know, on thin ice with him as well as with his wife. Why would you do that? Why? So, you know, the obvious is just like his Method Man's wife said, is the obvious is, um, you know, maybe promotion, set up the juiciness for you to go check out the movie or whatever. But the movie was BS, if you ask me. That's just my opinion. It was BS. And I'm not saying that because it's Wendy Williams or anything. In my opinion, I think both movies were BS, Salt and Pepper and Wendy Williams. So, um, it's just not truthful, you know, like, Let's be truthful with it, you know, 
And um, some people are like, well, Khalid, what would you do like if you had a biopic? Oh, speaking of which, let's be truthful. I have to stop and interrupt to tell you something that happened to me today. I got a weird Instagram follow on my Gongoli page. Everyone, if you listen to She Can Talk or if you follow Khalid Wings, you know my name is Khalid. Right, and in a weird way, I don't expect my my um, communities of social media peers and friends to be different or drastically different. Where you don't know I do music, or you don't know I love wings. Like, you know, if you know I do music, you know, whatever. But um, not everyone calls me by my name on my music page. Right, this person actually DM'd me. I was like, hey, Colleen, I want to buy a hard copy of your old cruise album. Can you sell it to me? I just thought it was weird. And I'm an energy person. I told you I vibrate high on energy right now. I just felt like it wasn't even a troll. I felt like it was someone. I don't know. I, I don't I can't pinpoint it because honestly, I don't move like I don't move in any kind of way. To say I look over my shoulder because I'm doing something bad. You know, if that makes any sense. I pride myself on living a very honest and peaceful life these days. You know, when we're kids and you're young, you do dumb shit. And I still don't even chuck that up to me being a dishonest or bad person. I chuck it up to being young. But um, even then, I don't really move in a way where I have to look over my shoulder. Like, I'm not going to do something to someone or try to harm someone or deceive someone or just move bad towards people. Cause that stuff is, I believe in karma and stuff comes back. Right. So I don't have those type of experiences on social media where I'm like, who is this? Or is someone, this is someone trying to, you know, like that type of thing. But this for some reason hit me wrong today. So if you are a fan out there and, you know, you really were just trying to buy a hard copy of my old cruise album, um, hey, the best thing I could tell you is Google it, look it up. I don't have it and I'm not selling that. However, on the flip side of it, um, I feel like two things. A, it could have been like a hacker, like, you know, like trying to see if this is really me to like get my information or something. I don't know. Paranoia, social media, internet paranoia. I don't know. So that was the first thing I thought. Then the second thing I thought was like, is it someone that, you know, maybe from my old group or from those times that is trying to see if I still would, you know, like, am I selling the, like, I don't know, like, where am, am I selling the music? I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. But it just rubbed me wrong. I can't explain it. Like, I can't explain the energy that I felt behind that um, DM today. And so I told them. With all dishonesty, I don't know who Colleen is. Isn't that funny? And next thing you know, you click on the link for She Can Talk. And I'm like, hi, Colleen. I'm Colleen, your host. Isn't that funny? So I just wanted to say, like, um, when, you know, just like, even though I say my name or whatever like that, I prefer to be called Ganga, you know, on social media. So if you're reaching out to me for um, music or any music-related stuff, Hit me up as Gongali or Ganga, G-A-N-G-A. Hey, Ganga, what's up? And I totally get you. You know what I'm saying? Because Colleen, even though I feel like my podcast is a very intricate, intimate situation where I talk to you all and I share a little bit more of myself with you all and my daily life with you all, I still don't um feel like 
outside of this podcast. And that sounds so funny what I'm about to say. I feel like, you know, you should not be hitting me up just randomly from a strange First of all, the 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 profile looked weird. The pictures were weird pictures, like not weird, like bad or evil, or whatever. Just like some random white girl that I don't know, and she's like on the beach, on a mountainside, on a cliff. And you know how those those profile pages are. They someone sets up a, pay, a fake page, put a real pretty girl up there, and they try to pull you in, right? But the difference is, like normally with those pages, and, and because I'm kind of like my name is kind of androgynous, you know, is. Gongli is actually associated with men more so than women in Jamaica because it's like a person that's rebellious and would even get violent if they have to to get their point across and they associate that more so with the man, which is why I took on a persona because I said, no, I'm going to embody that strong rebellion spirit and be strong regardless, but I'm a woman. So, you know, I put my spin on it. But um, with that being said, a lot of people that do hit me up on um you know, Instagram or whatever, trying to solicit me for whatever cartoon graphics or whatever the hell they'll be, think they'll think I'm a guy. So I'm like, yo bro, your music is dope. And I'm like, first of all, you never listen to my music because you know, I'm a girl. Second of all, you did not check out my profile because you too will then know I'm a girl. I'm a woman, you know? So, um, it wasn't like that though. It wasn't like someone, it didn't feel like someone was trying to, um, hustle me out of, you know, some money for a fake-ass cartoon graphic or something. It didn't feel like somebody was trying to hustle me, you know, for, you know, I don't know, whatever, because I'm an artist, because they do that. Hit you up there. It's crazy what they hit you up for and want you to pay for as an artist. It's crazy. But um, it didn't feel like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm used to that stuff, and I know how to vet through that and be like, nah, I'm good, and I can vet through. I'm like, okay, this person really wants to book me for a show, or this person really wants to collab. You know, I kind of vet through the communications that I get on a daily basis. But this particular one was weird to me. It was just like, what? And then, you know, people, when they think they know your triggers, they would try and tap dance on that trigger forever. You know, that's why we as people have to become stronger within ourselves and be like, yeah, you you think that's a trigger, but it's not. But I can't even lie to you, you know, with me sitting here being all in all honesty and accountability for myself, it triggered me. It gave me a hairline trigger today because I was like, who the hell is this? Hey, Colleen, like, you know, like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Uh Uh-uh, I'm good, love. You go find that elsewhere and go find clean too while you at it. So I don't know. I just kind of jumped out like, you know, because I would be contradicting myself because I know there's at least one person out there today that got that email from me or that DM replied for me. And it's probably like, wow, this girl told me that she's not clean. And yet she posts an episode shouting out her name. So, yeah. So. I just thought about that and I want to apologize. If it is someone that was really looking for the music and everything, I apologize. I really can't help you either way you look at it. But, you know, I wasn't rude, but I was just like, I don't know who, you, who you're who you looking for and I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. You know, kind of just abruptly cut it short just because of the energy. And I'm not really regretting it, but I was just like, hey, it could, you know, I still have to keep an open mind and say, hey, like it could have been someone trying to just get the music and not being funny, you know? But it had being funny vibes all over it. So I just kind of like brushed it to the side. So I thought that was funny. And I wanted to share that with you today. Because here I am talking about 
the documentaries of Wendy Williams and Salt and Pepper. And I'm over here telling people, like, I'm not clean. And then two hours later, I'm like, hi, guys. Colleen eat wings. She can talk with your host, Colleen. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But um, all that to say is, you know, yeah, as human beings, you when you put the mirror up to yourself, you know, especially like if, as a celebrity, I, I honestly, depending on what circles we're in, some people will say I'm a celebrity. Some people will be like, she thinks she is a celebrity. So it just really depends on what circle you run in. But um, being somewhat, you know, in that life, you know, I'm not full throttle like Beyonce and Jay-Z, but I do have people that, I have an audience. I have people that support my music every time, comes to the shows, and, you know, if I'm in a city. So um, I have fans, right? And, you know, you do want to keep an image, and you do want to, like, uphold an image for your fans. And then when you have to put your, your mirror in front of yourself to be completely honest, to say, hey, this is what I did, you might feel like you you don't want to disappoint your fans. So that's the energy I felt from like Wendy and Salt and Pepper's documentary. You know, both of their documentaries. I felt like they've just didn't maybe want to disappoint their fans. Okay. I'll leave it at that with that. But what I will say this the thing that I didn't like about so I told you what I didn't like about Salt and Peppers, which was I don't even care if y'all not cool, right? Because I got a couple of members from my old group that I'm not cool with. But if somebody was to pay us, like say Netflix was to be like, boom, come do this documentary. We want to hear about y'all's story. And we got a fucking story. I think Netflix would really love my my old group's documentary and just all the shenanigans and the drama and shit. Yeah, we'd fucking be streaming for a year straight with no no decline in stream numbers because the act, it would be action-packed, you know? But um, that's a story for another day. But um, if someone was to call me and be like, "Yo, let's do this," blah blah blah, and I'm gonna have such and such in you know in the um documentary and have them tell their side of the story, are you okay with that? I'm like, how much is my check? All right, let's get it. You know, cause I got a story. Is you know what they say? Every is three sides of the story. Your side, their side, and the truth, right? So, you gotta, the truth is definitely somewhere in, in between, you know? So, when you omit people's version, you also, I feel like you also don't allow yourself to heal because, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, the bad you have about me, but it's also insightful because it can kind of help you grow, especially if you're open and willing to grow, you know? If you can, if you're hearing like, hey, look, Kalina, you know, you hurt my feelings when you did this, but at the same time, this is why I did this because you did this, you know, and then it could kind of make more sense. Like, damn, I thought you was just being a, a bitch ass, you know what I'm saying? But you were really hurt and we could kind of put some closure on it, you know, or at least watch a documentary and be like, oh, okay, that's how they felt. Okay, cool. And get an understanding. Right. So I would never not say, you know, don't have, you know, the full group's participation in the documentary. Shit, you could have like Spinderella meet up with their actress on their own time to discuss how she feels and whatever can be legally added and acceptably added to the movie from her point of view. You know, they should have did that. Also with Herbie Lovebuck, they should have did the same thing because this is like an opportunity that, let's be real, no one's going to ask Herbie Lovebuck to do a documentary about him. And I don't want to say like, like he's not an important person. Or, or he's not because like I said he had a he had a rock really and truly I'm actually surprised Herbie Lovebug was not a more influential person in hip-hop as years went on because he had a nice corner market there he had kid and play kid and play had 
basically like Barbie dolls. They had movies, like, you know, they had um, a cartoon, like Saturday morning cartoon. Like Kid of Play went, in my opinion, they went beyond Salt and Pepper back then, but Salt and Pepper had the staying power and the longevity. But Herbie Lovebug was the master mastermind behind all of that. So, you know, I'm not saying that he wouldn't deserve a documentary or he shouldn't deserve a documentary, but I just feel like we just don't know how opportunities are being doled out around Lifetime or VH1 or whatever who's interested possibly in a Herbie Lovebug documentary. So this was an opportunity for all of them to put their input in there and get it out. So that was my opinion about that documentary. With Wendy Williams' documentary, my opinion is... um. I don't know, I just feel like if you tell him whatever you told, you know it was more than that, right? Like, so I was surprised to know that she was in a relationship with um, Eric B., the DJ from Eric B. and Rakim. You know how I feel about them. Rakim and I have the same birthday. I feel like we are, you know, rapping kindred spirits. I feel like he's my spiritual uncle. I don't know, spiritual twin soulmate. Not soulmate like in a sexual level but like rap I, I get him and I respect him he's a legend and I'm honored to have his same birthday I tell people that all the time so you know when I found that I was like oh wow this is this is juicy Wendy okay but then now you go to the blogs and you go to see what you know like well what's the people saying like you know what did Eric B say like how are people reacting now I didn't find anything on Eric B like out his mouth himself saying like hey this is my response to her um, show, you know, her movie or whatever, but I did see other people respond, I guess that quote unquote, allegedly are close to Eric B or close to the scene at the time when this was all transpiring. And they said that, um, Wendy was a side chick. She was just a, a chick that, um, had influence cause she was on the radio and had money because, you know, she was popular on radio and she would trick out on dudes, you know? So of course he had his girlfriend, but then she tricked out on him and like rent cars for him and do stuff, you know, let him help him stunt in the city on the chicks or whatever and stuff like that. And I know chicks like that present day. It's so funny watching that movie. I saw like I thought of like three different chicks, and I'm not like trying to throw anybody out there or no under the bus, whatever. But I thought of like three different chicks throughout my lifetime that I've encountered that do that. You know, what I'm saying like they make good money, they're very successful in their field, and um, they use that as a way to um, I don't know. They like that's your dating tool, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word I'm using, but it's more like the, it's like a power tool that they use to you know get their their mate. You know, like um, I'm gonna buy you a car. You know, or oh, that girl she got you over there living. Oh, I'm I'm gonna put you in a, a house. You know, girls do that too. Like people be thinking that it's just dudes that trick or you know like oh I'm gonna fly you out. Like you know that was the thing getting flewed out dudes you know girls be thinking that you know it's only dudes that be you know having girls getting flued out no dudes be getting flued out too i've seen a couple and i'm saying i'm like wow this is amazing i've seen it you know so i know what type of um you know that that personality i'm not gonna say i know wendy because i don't know wendy and um at the end of it all it is sad you know what i'm saying because to me i felt like what I've discovered from the whole situation was that Wendy Williams and her husband were good together. They were a good partnership. And that's probably, you know, where the breakdown probably happened because 
I think she still loves him. It's obvious. And, you know, I don't know how he feels about her. You know, he got a whole family now. <laughs> he moved on. He ain't thinking about her. But uh, he actually out here in Florida. So he enjoying his son. It's good living. I could imagine. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that they probably, you know, should have called, called it quits as far as on the personal side a minute ago. And that probably could have saved the business side for them you know like all the you hear like all the stories how you would like and this is all allegedly because i have no horse in the gate race and i'm not trying to be rehashing old people gossip and stuff but i'm just telling you stuff that i've you know heard and especially watching the movie kind of make you do a little research you know how that is so you see here like the tales of like oh he would be flashing around the studio when it's time for her to like film her show he's like raising hell and bullying the people whatever etc so I was just saying like, you know, plain devil's advocate. Think about it. Imagine being married to like the world's most hated talk show host or TV personality. And they hate her that her the hate that they have for her stems back to her time on radio. Can you imagine having to do and you know, as a husband and even as a wife, we do our our wifely and husbandly duties to protect our mate our significant other you know a, a good man is going to make sure his woman is safe and protected and you can't say nothing and talk and, it's, and you can't you know what I'm saying? like a dude like yo that's my wife don't say you can't say nothing and i is definitely apparent that kevin hunter moved like that when it you know in regards to wendy when they were married and they were strong in their relationship he moved for her you know I, i'm not there to say you know because you know you hear Charlamagne say, oh, he was a punk. You hear some people say, oh, he was scary. So I'm not here to say who's right, who's lying or whatever. I'm saying, I, in my opinion, I think he was a protective guy for her. Like, he was good for her when it was good, right? So we'll say that. But then um, imagine that weight on your back, though. Who's protecting you? If you're always having to protect her, you're always having to be you know, like the tough guy, the scary guy, and you know, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of people think that like a lot of those big guys, you know, big, tall, you know, burly, scary, you know, scary looking guys are scary. And, um, I could say, I beg to differ. I've met the most kindest, gentlest men, most caring, loving men that are like, Six foot seven, three hundred pounds, four hundred pounds. Like a linebacker could knock you over like a football, you know, like like they play football. And the sweetest, kindest person. I'm not saying that they're gay, nothing like that. No, nice people caring for their family, caring, loving to their community, even love the animals and the babies type of thing, right? So, and I see that more often than the angry guy. And you know why? Every time I speak to um a guy like that. And I'm like, why are you so sweet? Like, you look like you so scary. And surprisingly, you're like the sweetest guy I know. I love you. Like, you know, like just friends. I know people and you just have that conversation and it never fails. They always say the same thing. Me walking up alone is scary, you know, and then being a black man with his height and his size, you know, is already looked at as a fear. So I leave with fear. I know my strength. I know what I could do. I know who I am as a person, and I know, you know, you can't violate me. However, why do I have to wear that energy? I can still show love, still be nice, and let you, and show you safety 
in kindness and love. And I heard that and I was like, wow, that's deep. And it's true because I'm not a short girl. I'm 5'11", size 11. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people, same thing with me. And I got dreads, long dreads, you know. So people are like, you know, when I met you, I thought you were scary. I thought you were mean. I thought you was like, gonna whip my ass. And you're funny. You have jokes. You're such a sweet person. And it's like, yeah, you know, you know, we got to leave with love, you know. And then especially it's like it's even dangerous for you because people are preparing. Like, oh, this big girl, if she come at me, I'm a hurter, you know. Like, so if you leave in a way, then people are going to react in a way. And you don't want that, you know. So I always seen that. And all of that to say I'm rambling. But all of that to say it leads me to believe, like, maybe, um, maybe your girl put a lot of pressure on them. You know, oh, you got to be this big tough guy. You got to be this facade. You got to be scary. So that way people could, could leave me alone and they'll be scared to approach me because they know I got, you know, my big manly husband here who, you know, he's scary. He's from the streets. And, you know, so I kind of think like it was a middle ground. I'm not saying that he wasn't a thug or he wasn't a street dude, but I don't think he was as thug or as street as, um, it ultimately came out to appear, but I think it was an image that was manifested. Like I have to protect my wife. I got to put the tough guy, you know, face and facade on because I have to protect her while she's out here doing her job and making us a living. Not saying making us a living, but you know, making a living for the family. Right. So I feel like it probably got tiring for him, you know, like, you know, people calling him to the radio station, people looking for you at the TV show, people waiting for you at the club because Wendy said something about them or said something about their wife or, you know, like, and then to know you're talking about Whitney Houston's drug habit. You had a drug habit. You're talking about people's failing marriages and people getting divorced. Why you're trying to cover up that you, your husband quote unquote has a whole family down the block. That's crazy. So it's just like, you know, that's what I'd be saying. Like, um, you know, we have to kind of step back and become in touch with ourselves and become real with yourself. It is a great feeling, you know, and then that documentary that she had at the end and she was like on the sofa, but did, um, it's like that air massaging thing for like edema, the swelling of the legs. They put it on to like reduce swelling. And it's like, a, I know a lot of athletes use it too. Cause it's like, it's like a cold air on them. It reduces the swelling. So she's laying on the sofa tears makeup running she's drinking so she's drinking remember that i said that and she's like rehashing her stories you know or whatever and um yeah she just didn't emotionally look good in the documentary in my opinion and i was just like wow you know this is like a i don't know this is a story for the books as far as um the woman that told everyone's gossip and, you know, made a living highlighting everyone's downfalls and shortcomings has the biggest ones of them all, you know, and that's how it is nine times out of 10. A lot of the people that you'll see and they're like, oh, I'm living such a successful life and I'm doing so great. They really don't. And I'm not saying that a lot of people are lying and fronting, but I will say there's a lot of people that are lying and fronting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. So to me, it, it feels good to kind of reclaim that, you know, that space of, hey, you know, I don't want to um get caught up in it, you know. And when I say get caught up in it, I'm talking about like the the wrath of social media feeling like I have to impress this one. I have to impress that one. I have to, you know, like you get caught up in that stuff. Next thing you know, 
you're like on the sofa drinking with makeup running wondering what happened to your life <laughs> you know what i'm saying and i'm not saying like oh wendy's in a bad way because she still has a successful show she still has her you know life and everything but now you have to pay this dude and his new family like oh my god every time i send that check out i would be fucking devastated but um i guess that's karma right so all that to say is like um I, I, those two documentaries were interesting to me because I felt they both had un, uh, the same amount of um, omission. That's the only word I could think of that was really um, applicable to this to these two shows, these two movies. I don't know. I just felt like you know, you know, Wendy could have did more. And the crazy thing about it is, on the flip side, she like used everyone's names. She, you know, went, and that's another thing with the Sharina stuff, I know a lot of these blogging girls out here and bloggers and like Daily Mail and all of those people, they did a great job investigating. And that's how I was keeping up with the business. Like, oh, wow, wow. Does she see this? How is she not seeing this? Then the next day she's on her talk show, like, you know, back to normal, like nothing's happening. And she'll talk about her other stuff. And then Next night, some more bloggers found the girl's address and found the girl's house and took a picture and this, that, and another. Next thing you know, that's up. And when he's back on the show the next day, like, you know, nothing's happening. And so it would make the people like, yo, are we crazy or is she crazy? Because what the hell's going on, you know? So the fact that, you know, she let that rock, I felt like she had no choice but to let that rock in the, in the, sh- in the movie as far as showing... You know, the girl showing um, the husband with, with the house and the baby being born and all that stuff. Because the people found that out on their own. She didn't find that out. But she tried to clean up and say, oh, I had a private eye. And I went to the house and I wrote on the wall, Wendy and Kevin forever. And let me ask you some Grown woman with money. Real money talk. Big bank talk. You know that this is like, this could you know, this guy could ruin you, take your money, you know, you have him, giving him, whatever the case may be, I don't know, just forever, and just the thoughts that could run through your head, now that you've seen it, was, it is really what it is, this dude got a whole house down the street with the, a new family, that's all you would do is just write Wendy and Kevin forever on the garage door, and crazy glue the mailbox, notice my long pause right there, because I want y'all to answer me on that. Like, that's what y'all would do? Like, I want to know. I want to know. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't... I'm going to say it like this. If it was 20 years ago, violence would have been on the menu as far as I'm concerned. And anyone who's experienced me 20 years ago can attest to that. Like, yeah, violence would have 99.9% been on the menu for Ganga. Like, you know, you wronged her, she's coming. <laughs> In my um older days, in my old age now, I'm not old, but you know, my I'm maturing, you know, and um, present day, no, uh, uh-uh. I'm not gonna resort to violence, like I'm not gonna hurt the girl, nothing like that. But I am going to, you know, it will it it wouldn't just go down like that, like, and then I'm at home drinking myself to oblivion and and taking drugs. No, it's not gonna go down like that. I'm exposing you and I would actually probably use my same platform like I'm I got a talk show I'm putting it up like yo check out this house you like it it's a nice house yeah it's that dude right there that turn the camera around my husband that's his mistress house it would have been something like that on my show 
I'm like, everybody, zoom in on Kevin. Put the camera on him. This dude tried to have a chick, lived on, it would have been like that. Like, hot topic, I'm going to give you a hot topic. I'm the hot topic today. And this dude need to clean out. You know what I'm saying? It would have been like that. It would have been like, oh, one for the books. This just in, Colleen went off on her new episode. You know what I'm saying? And exposing the business. So, I don't know rambling this is just me you know i really wanted to touch base with those two things there um i thought it was really interesting another thing that i was um just thinking about you know with that whole thing is like on the flip side of it i wonder how they feel like you know like herbie kevin sharina look i'm naming all the people that were that didn't have any put like say on their characters in the movies or whatever that they were portrayed in. Like, how do they feel? Like, did they watch it? How do they feel? Like, were they yelling at the TV? Were they, you know, trying to do cease and desist? Like, what happened? Or did they get paid? I wonder, like, did they get paid because you used my name and my image? You know what I'm saying? Well, not my image per se. You recreated my image. But, you know, like, do they get paid for that? That's interesting to know. I'm pretty sure something had to go down because there's not, like, a lawsuit anywhere from anyone. So, some transactions, some money transacted somewhere there. But, um... Let me know how y'all feel about that. Like, what would y'all do? Like, if you, man or woman, found your significant other, found out your husband or your wife had a whole nother life, like living a double life down the street, nine miles. You know you could walk nine miles? I know people that run, like, 20 miles a day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could walk nine miles. I've done that before. Nine miles. On a late night, if you really wanted to just, like, I don't want to open up the garage door because I don't want this chick to hear me leaving. You could just be like, I'm going for a jog. And be at your mistress house in like a few minutes. You know what I'm saying? Nine miles. What would y'all do? Like, how would you do? Would you just, would you crazy glue the mailbox and, you know, do that? Or would you be like, this is what I probably would have done. I would, like, cause I think she, you know, based on the movie, she went there when I think they the private eye told her they they was in like Miami somewhere or out of town somewhere, and she went to the house, and then that's when she broke in or like broke into the garage and whatever she did the mailbox etc. I probably would have broken the house and been sitting in there. <laughs> I just spent the whole night cook breakfast, dinner like we live we all live together now, son. <laughs> when you came back from your vacation, I'd have been in there breakfast or if it's nighttime dinner cook. We go hey, how was your trip? Now we all going to sit down and talk about how y'all going to get out of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Divorce. But I've been saying right there waiting for their asses like, um, hey, nice house. I decided to make myself at home because basically it is mine. And uh, yeah, I barbecued for the weekend. We chilling some more food in the fridge. But before I go, this is what we're not going to do. You can't come back. You can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, it have been like. Me addressing it, not me coming up on the show every day. And then I probably went on the show the next. Oh, you know, actually, yeah, I probably would have handled it the first way I said, like, been sitting in the chair, like, you know, she always sits in her chair, drinking her tea, talking about her hot topics. I'd have been like, hot topic, turn the camera around. This is my hot topic. Look at this can't look at this house, nice house, right? That's my husband's mistress' house. You know, I would have blew it up like that or something. And to me, I feel like that honesty would have been like, yo. I can't believe Wendy Williams did that. She's crazy because, you know, people are going to talk regardless. But then other people have been like, yo, go, Wendy, because you reclaimed your power. And you, you know, it also let us know that you real with your talk. Like, this is you. Like, you're going to give the business if it's yourself or if it's Beyonce. Like, who? it doesn't matter who it is. If you got the the, the tea, you're going to spill it. You know, so I think she probably would have gained more respect or gained more 
fans if she would have did something like that. That's my opinion. And then I probably would be like, yes, honey. And I was in the house all weekend, barbecue, grill. I was waiting for the ass to come home. You know, I probably would like told a story about it. That's probably how I would have handled it. And then um, after we would have um, finished eating the food, I grilled at the house. I would have left them that divorce papers down there. And then be like, let me take a picture of y'all two together in y'all home. Because I'm giving this over to the judge because you ain't getting sheesh from me. And we get this divorce, right? So I don't know. Like it just it, it, it would have been different. But that's how I would have handled it if I didn't know. That's another thing. I felt like she kinda knew. I felt like um going back to what I said earlier in this episode, and this is just my opinions from watching the show and the documentary. I have no horse in that race, but I just feel like maybe he, you know, did love her but got tired of the whole you know, situation and being like her protector or whatever. So maybe he found someone to kind of, you know, his own solace in that girl and his own peace. And, you know, is is not every day about her, about when he's like, hey, it's about me. You rubbing my back and telling me it's a good day. It's going to be okay, you know? And then um, maybe she knew, you know what I'm saying? And she accepted it because although they knew it was behind closed doors, it wasn't factual or could be confirmed, but you know, ma'am, those internet sleuths, they'll find it, they'll find you, they will find you, and they did, and as a result of it, I think that was probably when she had to blow it up and be like, oh, yeah, because things she omitted, she was married to a whole dude before Kevin Hunter, why you didn't put that in a documentary, at least loosely graze over, like, yeah, I was married once, it didn't work out, move on, but that was a part of your history, you know, don't you think, like, he was, married to you while you were on radio it wasn't like oh i got married to you he was in college and i was young it was dumb it don't count and not like that like he was he was a radio personality if i'm not mistaken or in worked in radio as well and you know like what happened there you know but he has an interesting you know take on his experience with his marriage to her so let's you know like you left things out that didn't um shine the best light on you maybe and i mean we're humans i'm pretty sure that would be what probably the majority of us would do is like i want to make myself look good in the best light i want to tell a cinderella story and i want to just be you know cinderella swept away in the end happily ever after so we'll leave it at that but on that note here i can't front I'm not, you know, I spent a lot of time there talking about um, Wendy and Salt and Pepper. I do not want you to think I was bashing them. I was just giving you guys my opinion on the two documentaries because both of those um, sets of women were influential to me as a black woman that grew up in New York loving hip-hop. You know, Wendy Williams was on the radio dishing out the gossip and playing the tunes. Um, Salt and Pepper was dishing out the tunes and giving us the hits and giving us, you know, girl power and women power and women empowerment. And I loved it. It made me want to be who I am, you know, as far as a musician, a rapper, and, you know, take the bull by the horns, you know, do play the guys game, do what guys do, rap and be better at it. Right. So, um, I think I'm going to end the show with Salt and Pepper, Express Yourself, because that was a song when I was young that resonated with me. I felt like they was talking to me, like, express yourself. You got to be you and only you, you know? And I feel like coming back around to 2021, just present day, is still a relevant song. We have to um, express ourselves, not say, like, you know, like, um, and don't get me wrong. I love the lashes. I love makeup too, all that stuff. But it's like, after a while, do you, is it just me or does everyone start to look alike? You know, yeah, I'll leave it at that. And then, um, you know, it's just, like, it's just like before, back in the days, you would take a double take if you saw someone that looked different. 
you know, like if someone had like, I don't know, a mohawk or someone had on like, you know, just something different. Like taking a, um, a, a bold step to be different. You looked at them. It caught your attention. You don't really see that no more. Now it's just like, you're, and I'm, and I'm not saying you looked at them like they were a circus freak or whatever. You almost admire their boldness. You you admire that that individualism and and their uniqueness, you know. And it was a place for you. like you carved out a, a place for different people in different times. Present day is like if you're not the same, if you you don't dress the same, you don't wear the same hairstyles, you don't talk the same, and whatever, then you're you're wrong. Like you're like you're basically ridiculed and ostracized, you know. So, um, I think a song like "Express Yourself" is still relevant today. I'm pretty sure these young kids probably be like, "Hell no, this song ain't relevant." But the message is, you know, like you see a lot of um, fronting, a lot of um, showboating. Because some people have, I, I know people that haven't, like really have it, and I know people that don't have it and be fronting, you know. And equally on both sides of the sphere, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, the, you know, my friends that are like really well off, you know, I'm like, come on, did you really have to post a Fiji pitch on picture today? It's freaking cold in New York and snowstorming in, you know, if it's cold in Florida, snowstorming in New York and you're putting up pictures from Fiji because you could do that. Oh my gosh. Now, am I jealous? No, not jealous. It's like, I wish I was a Fiji type of thing, but it's like, you know, a part of me is just like read the room like it's a pandemic and people are losing jobs is that cool to post like that and you know some of your friends are struggling you know then on the flip side i know some people that are like i don't want people to know i'm struggling so i'm gonna rent an airbnb in front like you know i'm you know and just putting living beyond their means for no reason you know so it's like i wish that we could as people as human find a happy medium and a happiness within ourselves more so i'm doing my part to express myself, you know, and to reclaim individuality for myself and um, and be happy with that. I'm totally happy with the, the space I carved out for myself here and, um, and growing. I'm growing in this space. And I hope that you guys are enjoying and coming along for the ride. So um, I've been doing a lot of work because I am true. No, okay, let me take that back because that was a bad segue because then y'all going to be thinking I went and did plastic surgery or something. No, because I was about to say I did a lot of work getting pre- prepared for you guys to see me like visually on this podcast coming up soon. But that was about to sound like, hmm. So what you did, plastic surgery? What you saying? It was ugly before? No. I'm just saying like I'm doing a lot of work as far as like building a set. Um, You know, getting my lighting together, getting things right. So that way I can come to you on a more convenient bases a more you know a nice little set etc and then um we could talk more you know and then with me with the podcast I post and it's cool but I think I need to be a little bit more interactive a lot of people are like oh man I wish you like it was a part when you were saying this and you was like ask like what do you think I just want to like pause and tell you what I thought real quick but I could because you know it's recorded so I'm trying to figure out ways um to get that going on YouTube and Twitch and see what we can get going. If I get on Twitch, I'm going to play music. Oh, I got a turntable. So, yay. I'm not a DJ. But we're going to have fun. So, that's what I'm working on. I'm working on getting some sets together. I always say I'm working on some stuff. But I run an indie label. I do work a full-time job. I am in school. I do this, um, you know, podcast. My wings, you know, running my household. I am the woman of my house. 
So I wear a lot of hats. So I'm not, I didn't itemize my responsibilities to like have you feel empathy for me or anything. I just want to kind of outline it for you that I'm a very busy woman these days. Very, very busy. So please, please guys forgive me if, um, you know, I'm not a hundred percent there yet. You know, I, I thought I was going to be a little bit further into the podcast and like, I really want to get the visuals to you by January, but you know, I, no one told me, you know, DIY and home improvement, you got to really carve out time for that shit. You can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to do this and do that and do this. Because once you start getting to the trenches of that work, you look up, it's like week two. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it's February and we're almost done. You know, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to the finish line, but, um, it's fun, but it's work. Cause you know, when you're doing it yourself, which is what DIY is, you know, you can't just go every day at it. So we'll do a little bit on this day, a little bit on that day and, you know, get, get it in, you know, but it's coming together. And at the same time, so that was me. And I apologize. That was me over, was I overestimating? Uh, I, I think I was underestimating the work, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to order this, order that, order it. It's, oh, it's cool to hit, to add it to the car and order and that shit show up at your door. But the way you got to start, you know, building stuff and plastering walls and <laughs> you're like, wait a minute now, you know, so um, it's fun. And I honestly, I, I documented some things, but I'm really reluctant about what I want to share, especially after that weird social media DM I got earlier today. It was weird. But at the same time, um, I'm going to figure it out as far as like what I will share. But um, other than that, I'm going to leave you guys with Express Yourself from Salt and Pepper because it's, it's been a, a good week so far, you know, and um, we got more to come. So we're halfway through the week. We made it another week. Thank you. You know, thank you, Jesus. Thank the, the ancestors above, you know, that we're here. And I want when you log off to log off, log off a little bit, give yourself at least an hour a day with like not your phone, not, you know, on Amazon, just kind of like getting in touch with whatever. It's cold in a lot of places. So I don't know if you want to go outside, but if you want to like do yoga, meditate, you know, you know, listen to like, um, you know, I don't know what those dark screen chill hop, something, you know, something to relax you maybe do that. But, um, give yourself that time to become one with yourself. You'd be surprised how much you know, how much you love yourself in the process and how much you can fall in love with yourself in the process. Trust me, it's a great feeling. So, um, yeah, so and Peppa, because, hey, I talked about that. That was the topic of this week, you know, and um, normally I give you the title at the beginning of the show, right? But, um, yeah, I'm going to go about a keyword, a keyword that I've been saying repeated, repeatedly throughout this episode, and that's omissions. So this episode is going to be called Omissions, Simple and Put. You know why? Because a lot of people, just like the two documentaries, Salt and Pepper and Wendy Williams, in my opinion, and that's my opinion, so don't, but no, true my head off fans, like, they didn't omit nothing, you wasn't there. Actually, I do know a couple of people that were in their circle, but it's not my right or my yeah, it's not my place to say, you know, what I know from a secondhand or thirdhand party. So I would not do that. That's where you go into the realm of, you know, putting yourself in places where you don't belong. So I'm 
talking to you from a fan that watched this documentary from a fan standpoint with no other information in consideration. And I just felt like it was a lot of omissions. Maybe some of it is because of stuff that I do know, but I felt there was like a lot of omissions there. And then I feel like even with our real life, you know, we always try to put our best face forward. You go to work, you don't want people to know that, you know, you're having the worst cramps ever, or you don't want people to know that, you know, you know, I'm sore because I did boot camp all night or, you know, just certain things, you know, you just, but instead you're, or you're in pain, like your ankles hurt. And instead you just be like, hi, hey, you know, or you just not, might not be emotionally feeling it because it's gloomy outside and you didn't want to come to work and you're just feeling sad or for whatever reason, but you put on that face and you leave something out. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, and I'm not saying that you have to be like, oh, let me tell you and just unload all your, um, your woes on the first person to ask you how you're doing. I'm not saying to do that. But what I am saying is um, that we need to not omit part of ourselves when being real with ourselves. You know, like some things that I omitted about myself was um, I was mean when I was young. You know, I only just viewed myself as a nice person because I do care about people and I do care about who I care about and who I love. And that sounds the way we all do. Right. But, um, I was mean, you know, and I was mean to a lot of people that probably didn't deserve it. You know, like I was a jokester. So, you know, I come from New York where we thought it was cool to snap, you know, like snap on you and joke what you're wearing and stuff like that. But then when it comes around, and someone did it to me, feelings crushed, hurt, hurt, ready to fight, you know? So I had to learn that you can't dish it out if you can't take it, you know? And in the process of me learning and healing from those bad ways of mind, I've come to the conclusion because now I can look back from a healthy standpoint and be like, damn, I was a jerk and an asshole, you know? Now, I'm not going to say 100% of the time I was because I have friends, even on my birthday. My birthday was the other day, guys. Oh, my God, if I didn't tell you that, me and Rakim have the same birthday, January 28th. I've got um, so many great gifts in the mail, so many phone calls, so many heartfelt messages from people all around the world, you know, just telling me how, you know, influential or impactful I am to know how much they love me and how much I mean to them, you know? And to me, that was one of the best birthdays ever because... I'm at the point where, to me, it's the love more than the um, material things. You know, like somebody can buy you stuff or take you out to a fancy restaurant. But um, for you to tell me like, hey, you know, just reach out to me like, hey, yo, I want you to know that um, I'm a fan of your music. I truly love your music. I look forward to your next project. I hope you're having a beautiful day. You deserve it. You work hard. You know, to get a message like that randomly for someone on your birthday, that was amazing. And I got like a lot, hundreds and tons of those, you know, it was amazing. And I love that, you know? So we have to learn to start, um, including parts of ourselves and not omitting parts of ourselves. Because when you do that, then you can truly be the full person, full well-rounded cultured person and really experience life and everything it has to offer, you know, because there are people out there, you know, that have it all that are rich are successful and still miserable because they're omitting parts of themselves, right? So with that being said, I'm going to leave y'all now. I've been talking y'all to death, rambling, but you know what the name of the podcast is, She Can Talk, hey! So I'm going to get back into it. So um, next week, 
I don't even know. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you what I'm talking about next week. I'm just gonna hit y'all because I'm trying to be on some philosophical stuff. Like let the energy move me and I talk. But I did have it down on a little sticky note here. Like I did want to talk about these two documentaries before I forget. And I probably did leave out a whole bunch of stuff that I was, you know, opinions that I wanted to add to it. But honestly, it's like a week or two later, and I got some other shit I gotta get into here. You know, like Ganga shit. I can't be talking about Wendy and Salt and Pepper and them forever. You know, or going to all that with them. And they're my idols. They are icons. And they are people that I respect. And, um, you know, I respect them immensely for what they've brought to, you know, this world of art, of music, and, you know, entertainment as black women, you know. And, you know, that's a powerful, powerful um, accomplishment, you know, for both sets and parties, and Spinderella included, you know. Because I can honestly say in most relevant years, I've seen more Spinderella than Salt and Pepper. I've seen Spinderella like DJing parties, hosting shows, um, being a judge on reality shows. You know, she was doing more in most recent years and became more relevant. So that could have been a thing too. Who knows? But um, yeah, I just wanted to say that like um, there's always going to be someone out there that has an unfavor- unsavory story about you. You know, and I'm not saying, hey, rake him in, like bringing all the, the bad stories about me. No one wants to be bombarded or inundated with all negative stories about them. But I think that we do have to come to grips with ourselves and say, hey, look, was I always sweet? Was I always nice? Was I always considerate? Was I always focused on the positive energy and deciphering energy like what's good and bad? No, I wasn't. The things that I listed made me a better person today. Those things were lacking in me when I was younger. You know, when you're young, you're growing. And as you grow, you add knowledge and wisdom to your to your repertoire. But when you're growing and you're ignorant, you move accordingly. Young and dumb, right? But it's up to you to be responsible enough to become aware and grow from there, right? And then once you grow from there, you start to accept all facets of yourself, the dark, shady shit, the bright, shiny shit, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, you accept it all. And then when you do accept it all, you could be like, yeah, I, you know, saying if someone says something to you, even if you don't like what they're saying, you could be like, you know, and you can answer and respond with a mature level-headed response versus like, you know, going off the deep end. So I don't know. I hope that, um, this resonates with someone out there and I hope that someone, um, get what I'm saying and can kind of, you know, you know, feel me on that. Hit the like button if you do. But, um, that's what I'm trying to say. I think at the end of the day, I just really think that we all should express ourselves, express our individuality. You know, let's do that. All right. So I'm, I'm out. You know, my motto, if you like it, tell a friend, if you don't like it, tell a friend, it doesn't hurt either way. She can talk to podcast Gongali female MC, um, clean eat wings on Instagram, but don't call me clean. Call me Ganga. I, I mean, if it's clean eat wings, that's fine. But if you're looking for the music, please hit me up as Ganga. So I know you're serious. All right. And then, um, what else I was going to say? Oh yeah. Laz Esmeralda is streaming in all digital 
platforms still streaming follow me now on vimeo still streaming on youtube video still streaming check it out if you like it tell a friend if you don't like it tell a friend we got new music coming lemon on control the video dropping soon fresh out of paris still streaming on youtube okay shout out to dj yasens so strike strike one um strike mc and michelle rue aka um we're gonna get this we're gonna get this rocking so Got work coming your way. Don't sleep. Sometimes you got to step back to take 20 steps forward. And that's what we're doing right now. So thank you all for sticking here with me, for tuning in. I love y'all from my mouth to your ears. I love y'all. I'm sending y'all positive energy, light, and love to finish out y'all week. She can talk clean. Always here with y'all. You know what I'm saying? If not every week, every other week. But I'm going to see y'all, all right? And like I said, once again, if you like to tell a friend, if you don't, tell a friend. It ain't going to hurt us either way. All right? She could talk. Peace.
myself.